What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Coming to y'all a bit later than intended. It's a Wednesday night, but uh, still got to talk bracketology. And, uh, you know, after last weekend, things are a little crazy um, on the bracketology side. As I think we kind of touched on a bit on Sunday. But, uh, you know, and if you all haven't seen lacrossebucket.com, I put up my fifth, yeah, fifth bracketology projections on Tuesday morning. Um, so let's let's dive right into this thing. And then on the back side, we'll recap uh, some of Tuesday night's action. Uh, exciting games day. So as I have done on these uh, shows, these Bracketology podcasts, uh, each of the past five weeks, we you know go first with looking at the projected conference winners, so the projected automatic qualifiers. Um, and in the case of a tie, I you, I go with the highest RPI. Is how I do that. So um, starting, you know, I go alphabetically. The America East, Vermont, they beat Binghamton. Was that this weekend where they beat the uh, beat the Bearcats? I believe it was. Yeah, beat Binghamton this weekend, 17-10. They got Stony Brook on Saturday. <clears throat> Won't matter, unfortunately. Um, so, so, you know, Vermont is going to get that number one seed there in the America East. They locked that up last weekend, 5-0 in conference play. Uh, so they're, they're pretty solid there at the moment uh, as the top seed there in the America East. In the ASUN, uh, Utah has locked up that top seed. They won a regular season conference title over the weekend uh, with that win over Bellarmine. And so they're the projected ASUN right now. Uh, the Big East and Big Ten, pretty simple. Georgetown and Maryland, they have both locked up uh, those top spots as well, I believe. Maryland, that conference tournament starts this weekend. We'll preview that uh, tomorrow uh, on on uh, Thursday's preview podcast. And the CAA, Towson, uh, is the only team right now that has clinched a playoff spot in a uh, very wild CAA. Uh, they're sitting there at the top at the moment, but as is the case with the CAA, uh, this last weekend is, is going to be wild, and there's a lot of things. That could change. You've got Towson, 3-1, and one, and then you've got Delaware, UMass, Fairfield, and Drexel all tied there for second at 2-2. Two and two. Hofstra sitting there in last place uh, with that 1-3 and three record. Uh, Going to be an exciting week here in the CAA. Uh, Towson plays Hofstra this week. Uh, so you have the top and the you know, last team playing. Delaware will face Fairfield, and UMass will face, uh, they face Drexel, I believe, this weekend. Yes, Drexel. So, yeah, going to be an exciting weekend, and, and you know, a lot to still be fought for there with just one weekend left. Uh, but, you know, looks like at the moment, Towson, and if they get that one of a Hofstra, I believe they should still end up being that top seed. Um in the Ivy League, oh boy, this one is 
And we touched on it a little bit on Sunday. It's been talked a lot about in the kind of college lacrosse um, echo chamber. And this thing is wild. Cornell, Princeton, Yale, Harvard, Brown, all with three and two records in conference play. Uh, I have Princeton listed here as they have the top RPI in the Ivy with a two and one, uh, two, number two ranked RPI, the top ranked strength of schedule. So Princeton's still right there, but uh, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing turns out. Princeton Cornell uh, is the big game this weekend. Yale and Harvard uh, also play this weekend. So those two games are going to be especially interesting and how things turn out, that Cornell-Princeton game uh, could likely be. Uh, I'll have to. I have to. I need to check on uh, what the tiebreaker scenarios are, but that's probably you know likely going to be the fight for the number one seed there uh, between those two teams. Uh, and, and unless, because you know Yale, when when you look at Yale, did beat Princeton, uh, but they lost to Cornell. And they lost to Brown. Uh, Brown beat Harvard. Yeah, when Harvard played this weekend, you know, Penn beat. It's, this is wild. And as we'll talk in a minute, there could be, you know, kind of that. The one team that gets left out of the Ivy could probably get in. But as of right now, in terms of the automatic qualifier, uh, Princeton's in that spot at the moment as the highest RPI. In the MAC, St. Bonaventure. Uh, has you know locked up that top spot for and they've been there for for the past few weeks. Uh, same in the Patriot League, Boston U has locked up that top seed and they've been there. Um, you know seven and zero in conference play, and that is the same case with the NEC and the SoCon. St. Joseph's six and zero in conference play, and Jacksonville five and zero in conference play. Uh, they have a game against Moso this weekend, so. Expect them to end uh, undefeated in that conference play. Richmond gets that second seed after the win over High Point on uh, Saturday, and, and that's going to be, you know, they those two will meet again in the uh, semifinals. Jacksonville will play uh, VMI in the semifinals. So, so contentment already set. Uh, NEC, there's still some work to be. You know, laid out there, but St. Joe's uh, sitting there at the top. So, after you get done with the, uh, you know, automatic qualifier, automatic qualifiers, moving to the at-large selections, um, and, and I should mention this is all based on what the RPI was on Monday when I did this. It may have changed. I haven't checked today, but uh, you know, you did have the Penn St. Joe's game, uh, Brown Bryant. Uh, on Tuesday, so things could have changed there. So in the at-large selection, Yale and Penn, uh, and, and, you know, kind of going list, uh, listing teams by their RPI rank in that order. Uh, Yale, Penn, Rutgers, Villanova, Brown, Cornell, and Harvard um, all get that all get that spot as well as Ohio State. Um, Duke is up there. Um, 
as well. Duke is one of, so, so I'll do the first four out right now. Duke, Notre Dame, Denver, North Carolina. North Carolina, I think, is is done um, uh, unless, you know, they have got this game against, they have that one game against Duke left, and then I think they have an, okay, it's just Duke. Okay, that's, that's, that's right. It's Notre Dame that has two left because Notre Dame and Duke play uh, two, uh, two more games. Uh, so, it, I mean, they have that one game against Duke left. And, and like, if, if they win that one, maybe, but and some other things have to happen. Uh, I think North Carolina is pretty much out of it. Uh, Denver is pretty much out of it, um, it unless they win the uh, Big East, which is kind of how things have looked all season. Um you know, Duke and Notre Dame do play each other on May 7th, uh, that ESPN2 game. That is going to be a crucial game in terms of who gets in. Um, I, right now, I have six Ivies in uh, as we went through that list. You know, Yale, Penn, Brown, Cornell, and Harvard. I do not think there's going to be six Ivies in. I've said that all year. Um, you know, five, maybe. I didn't believe it for a while, but based on how the ACC has gone, I think there could be five in. Now, that is goes without saying, if something crazy happens in the Big Ten tournament or something crazy happens in the uh, Big East tournament where in, you know, Villanova wins the tournament or Denver wins the tournament, then yes, you get Georgetown and Villanova and or Denver in. Um, so you would get both of those in if that were to happen. I don't see a situation where, and I've had some people ask about Jacksonville and, and the SoCon, because Richmond does have a, as of Monday, 16 in the RPI. I do not see a scenario, and and their RPI is higher than Jacksonville. Um, I, I do not see a scenario just like what we saw with High Point a few years ago, um, where back in 2019, where Jacksonville can lose the SoCon uh, title game, can lose that, and still get in. I just don't think that's plausible, and that's especially not plausible when you look at what their best wins are. Uh, Denver and Duke, okay, you lost to Johns Hopkins, which... As the season goes on, you kind of have to ask yourself, how did they lose that game? Uh, which at the beginning of the season was wild to think, right? Um, you know, they have the loss to Utah, who for you know, all intents and purposes is going to win uh, the A-Sun. My belief, they will win the A-Sun. They've beaten every team in that conference thus far. Um, and then your other two top wins are Richmond and High Point. Uh, your, your two top teams in conference play, I, you know, I don't know if, if you know, it, it, that's not enough. Like, that is just not enough. It, it's going to be difficult for them to do that. Uh, so, so Jacksonville has to win out. Richmond has to win out. Um, if either of those teams want to get in. And that's a similar scenario with you know, some of these big ten teams and John Hopkins, for instance, has the nineteenth in the RPI. I do not see them uh winning the the Big Ten tournament. 
especially when we look at uh, this bracket, and then I'll pull this up real quick, uh, what it looks like where obviously Maryland, Rutgers, the top two teams, and you have Penn State, Johns Hopkins there. Um, I'd, you know, I'd pick Johns Hopkins to win that game, uh, but the way Penn State has played the past few weeks, uh, they, they've looked improved. Uh, they have. So, um, you know, and, but I don't think anybody's beating Maryland. Like, that's just not going to happen. And you have the Ohio State-Michigan game there in that quarterfinal. Okay, if Michigan upsets Ohio State, that could possibly drop the Buckeyes out. Um, you know, I have them as one of my last four in, uh, along with Brown, Cornell, and Harvard. You know, we'll see how, how things go there. Um, and, and, but I think if that does happen, that opens up a room for a Notre Dame or a Duke to get in there, depending on who wins that uh, final regular season game. And also, Duke has to take care of business on Saturday against Carolina as well. But if there's a a, 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 and that's also, you know, saying that everything in the Ivy League stays static and they get six teams in, which I don't believe they will. Um, anything within the Big Ten or the Ivy where, as things sit right now with six Ivies in and uh, three Big Tens in, if anything happens in there and one of those teams drops out, the ACC is going to be the benefactor of that. It, it is going to be, unless there is craziness in the Big East, the ACC is likely going to be the benefactor of that. So, so that's kind of how things look there. And, and just at the moment, looking at, you know, who are the locks? The locks in this case are Maryland and Georgetown. Those are your locks. Um, I would probably say Rutgers and Virginia are pretty good locks as well. Um, you know, Penn is number five in the RPI. I don't think they're a lock. Like they're, they're not, and they could they could theoretically not make the Ivy League tournament. They are. You know, you look at the standings right now. We, we mentioned that that five-way tie between those teams, they're three and three in conference play. Like, they're, they're sitting on the outside looking in. If things start today, they're looking on the outside looking in. And, I mean, Penn, their best win, they've won their last three, Harvard, Dartmouth, and St. Joseph's. Talk about that St. Joe's win in a minute here. Um, but you lost to Brown, you've lost to Yale. Now, I would say their best win is against Cornell. They had a really good win there, and you had that overtime game where you lose against Princeton, but you don't get awarded for losses. Um, so it, th- this whole thing is going to be very interesting to see how it, how, it, how it falls in place. So bids by conference before you look at what I have in the bracket. Um, Ivy League, five or six teams are getting in, uh, most likely five. ACC, one or two bids. Um, at the moment, I would say probably by Selection Sunday, that's going to be three. Um, depending uh, – by Selection Sunday, that's going to be two. Uh, right now, I just have one with Virginia. But uh, that is likely going to be two. Likely going to be two, possibly three, if something happens where Ohio State drops out. Or if some other craziness happens. The Big East, one or two, 
Um, the Big Ten, three at the moment. Again, if something happens and you know, Ohio State is probably the shakiest one there, if you will. Um, but I still think they're pretty safe at the moment. Uh, but, you know, they have to win. They have to at least beat Michigan. Like, if they go and they lose to Rutgers I, in the semifinals, I, 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 they're not going to get penalized for that. Um, you know, so that, that's how that looks at the moment. Big East, 102, and as I've mentioned, you're going to get one in uh, most likely, but if Georgetown loses, which I don't foresee happening, uh, but crazy things have happened in the Big East, um, you're going to get one in. ASUN, America East, CAA, MAC, NEC, SOCON, one. Patriot League. Okay, this is where things get interesting. So, Similar with the Big East, I don't see much changing unless the conference tournament uh, is turned upside down. And by that, I mean Boston U loses in the Patriot League. Uh, other than that, both of you know both the and watch Georgetown loses. Both the Patriot League and the, and the Big East are in the same bucket. Well, good good conferences, but they're getting getting one team in. Um. You know, in the case of the Patriot League specifically, if the Taylors do lose to a Lehigh or an Army, like and they play Army this weekend, uh, Boston U's already locked up that number one seed. So this weekend doesn't really matter in terms of that. Uh, but if they lose to a Lehigh or an Army in the title game or, or in the tournament, could they still get in? This is the question. Because, look, who are the three losses against right now? Harvard, Yale, and Princeton. Not, not bad at all. Not bad at all. The RPI at the moment is a 12. So the top 15 RPI, that's still, and let me pull up this RPI listing here, that still puts them, though, be, so they're the, at 12, that still puts them at the moment, um, behind a Duke and a Harvard at the moment. Now, Harvard is likely the one team in the Ivy, depending on how things shake out, that I see dropping out in terms of those six teams. Uh, They're the one that I foresee dropping out. Uh, They are the lowest in the RPI of those six Ivy teams. So, if Harvard does lose to Yale this weekend, they do end up dropping out. It is, and you do get a Duke in. It is plausible that if a situ, if a spot opens up, so let's say Duke loses uh, their next two games, and Notre Dame gets in uh, over, you know, Harvard gets in where that sixth Ivy League team would be. You don't have any spots left. And let's say Lehigh wins the Patriot League tournament. Okay. Boston, you would probably not get in. But as I've said before, if something with the Big Ten happens, where they only get two in, if Michigan beats Ohio State, and Boston, you loses loses that uh, game, loses the title game, or loses in the uh, semifinals, could they still get it? It's plausible. It, it, it is plausible 
that the Patriot League could get two in. Um, I think the way Boston is playing right now and the depth they've been able to show the past couple weeks suggests to me that I don't think anyone can beat them in that conference. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do against Army this weekend. Um, but I, I really don't think there's much to kind of be settled there. Um, they just got to win their games. And if they win their games and they take care of business, they're going to be fine. All right, so now let's look at what, what I have here in the bracket. So number one seed, I have Maryland. Number two seed, I have Princeton. That hasn't changed. Um, and and Princeton, I will say, I think of the Ivies is probably like, – I really don't think any of the Ivies are a certain lock um, because there's still you – know, there, there, there are still things that could happen there. Um so, no, Princeton, I still have, I have them as the, as the number two seed, but I don't necessarily believe they're a full-blown lock at this point. Um, so, that's that. Number three seed, let me pull up this, make this a bit bigger here. Number three seed, as I zoom in here, there we go. I have is Georgetown. That hasn't changed either. Number four seed is Yale. Number five, I have Penn. Number six, Rutgers. Number seven, Virginia. Number eight, Brown. Brown has moved up into the rankings part there. Now, the at-large selections outside of those uh, in Maryland and Georgetown and Princeton, I have all as a Qs at the moment. Outside of those, the at-large selections, and we're going uh, down right now. So I have Maryland playing the winner of Vermont and Utah, Brown playing Ohio State, Penn playing Boston U, Yale playing Towson, uh, Boston, U and Towson, both being at-large selections. Georgetown, uh, excuse me, uh, automatic qualifiers. Georgetown, the Big East AQ playing Harvard. Rutgers playing the SoCon AQ in Jacksonville. And Virginia playing uh, the other at-large selection in Cornell. And then I have Princeton playing St. Bonaventure uh, and St. Joseph's, the winner of that play-in game. So that's kind of how things look at the moment. Again, things could change uh one weekend left in the season but still a lot that could happen uh it, 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 it's been that kind of year it's been a fun season thus far and look a lot that could still happen so um evidence of a great season not if you're an acc fan but evidence of a great season so that's how things stand right now um how kind of I see it fitting in terms of bracketology. Now let's move to the games that we had on Tuesday night. Tuesday night saw three games, all involving Ivy League teams. And um, the biggest among them, as I mentioned on Sunday, was Penn and St. Joseph's. And uh, another one goal victory in overtime by Penn. Absolutely. 
James Shipley emerges as the hero once again. You know, coming out of the timeout, he finds the ball in his stick, puts it away with 25 seconds left on the shot clock, 40 seconds remaining in the overtime period. Gets the space, um, rips it past Robbie Seeley, who had otherwise been pretty solid on the day, except for there at the end. And Penn gets the overtime victory. Prior to that final possession, you know, Penn, I think defensively for Penn had not been a very good day overall. They had a solid effort there at the end. And and, and that one play, uh, Theo Lenz forcing the Tucker Brown errant pass, uh, sails out of bounds, giving possession back to the Quakers with 2.12 left in that frame. Uh, Seeley does make a big save there in that overtime period. Ball goes out of bounds, and Penn is able to back it up. Uh, so, so they get that possession back. Murphy calls the timeout. You have the game-winning play uh, coming not directly out of that timeout, but, but after that timeout uh, there. And, 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 but, you know, Shipley's the, the, the hero of this one, but, but really you have to look at you know, Penn overall in the second half, and really from the fourth quarter on, the end of the third on, is really where Penn hits it home. And St. Joseph's, in the second third quarters alone, uh, Zach Cole was going 61% of the dot. St. Joseph's was controlling possession, controlling the pace of the game, really getting whatever they wanted whenever they wanted offensively. They were running through slides, running through checks, it really having no problem getting what they wanted offensively against this Quaker defense, which, as I mentioned, did not play very well through the first three quarters of this game, or first three quarters, um, two quarters and some change of this game, if you will. Uh, you know, Levi Anderson, Carter Page, hat tricks for the Hawks to lead this offense. Matt Bomer, two goals to assist there. Seeley with 13 saves in cage. 50% on the day. 11 of those made through the first three periods of play where St. Joseph's really was able to get up. And, and Penn, they led 1-0 early in the game. And then they led 13-12 uh, to 12 at the end of the game. Like, those are the only two leads that they had in this contest. That is how much St. Joe's really dominated the majority of of this game in the middle. But Gabe Fury, you know, and the Hawks, they want a 4-0 run dating back to the final seconds, 13 seconds left in the second quarter in the first half. But, you know, Penn is seemingly able to just kind of flip the script. Gabe Fury, big boy goal, you know, runs through his his defenseman, puts one in. Uh, That kind of rekindles the fire of this Quakers offense. He gets two more there in the fourth quarter, um, you know, early on and then kind of middle of the period uh, that really provide even more juice for this Penn offense. And Penn goes on. They outscore the Hawks 7-3 to three in that final period of, alone and 9-3 to three in the final 20-plus minutes of this contest, which, you know, that includes Shipley's game winner uh, and Tyon Walsh's overtime-forcing goal. This is a Penn offense that really found its momentum late and was able to capitalize on that. Um, you know, 
and they're down. You know, the St. Joe's they outscored the Quakers seven to three from the start of the second period through that Fury score uh, with like a minute or whatever it was left, two two twenty four left in the third. Like they were, it was really a a, a St. Joseph's game throughout that middle period of the game before you have this juice goal from Gabe Fury and they're able to build on that. Uh, Patrick Birkenshaw, eight saves in cage for the Quakers. Jamie Zuzzi uh, was really good, instrumental at the dot late in the game here as well. He went six for 11 in the fourth quarter. 54% in the final period alone. Overall, he went 48% of the dot, 14 of 29. 54% there in that final period. Uh, Penn now moves on to play Albany in their season finale. St. Joseph's will play Merrimack. Um, not much to really fight for in either of those games. As uh, Penn is not a conference game and St. Joe is playing Merrimack, who can't play in the postseason uh, just yet. I believe they will be able to in two years. So still still waiting on that. Brown, they get another win. They, they continue to win. Um, and, and you know, 19, really this one, not going to get too much into this, but 19 save performance from Connor Thelio, the people's goalie, as they're calling him. Uh, they keep the Ocean State Cup, defeating Rhode Island rival Bryant 16-9. to And look, the Bears, they got up 5-0, very kind of reminiscent of the Cornell win, um, in a way, where they get up 5-0, um, and never seemed to take the uh, foot off the gas pedal. But, no, Bryant was able to find their footing there in the second quarter, outscoring the Bears 5-2, to made it a 5-7 to uh, game heading into the half. Um, and, and so, you know, you see a 7-5 game, I should say, into the half. So you see Bryant be able to kind of you know, hop in there and, and and get what they wanted in the second. But Brown comes out in the third, you know, once again. And, and look, Brian opened up the third quarter, quarter scoring um, with Aiden Goltz and Marco Rourke uh, and Timmy Hackett, you know, making it a four-goal run there. Um, and, you know, they were able to kind of cut that thing to 13-9 there in the fourth. Um but, you know, Bryant, uh, Brown held Bryant just to one goal in the third period. And, you know, they got six of their own. So you outscored them six to one in the third. A good first, a good third from Brown. Seeing a lot of different depth of scoring. Able to kind of overcome these little runs that Bryant was able to put together. Um, Trevor Glavin, Devin McLean, Reed Machete each ended with two goals, one assist. 11 different goal scorers for the Bears. Again, a very dominant game in terms of depth of scoring there for Brown as they get uh, as they get this one. Brown ends the season at home against Dartmouth on uh, Saturday, ends the regular season there as uh, they looked in the year on a, a five-game winning streak, I believe. Penn, Yale, Cornell. Yeah, 
well, to end the game on a uh, end the season on a five game winning winning streak there against Dartmouth on Saturday. Bryant will face Wagner. Yale they beat Quinnipiac twenty to thirteen. Pulled the guys, you know, um, you know, especially in cage. Jared Parkett played twenty minutes and some change. Jack Starr played uh, just over thirty minutes. Uh, three saves there for him. Parkett with four. Um, really kind of a blowout game, if you will, for Yale. Uh, Twenty thirteen win over Quinnipiac. Uh, Matt Brandau. Had 11 points on the day, 7 goals, 4 assists. Leo Johnson, 1 goal, 5 assists. Chris Lyons, 3 goals, 3 assists. So Johnson, Lyons each end the day with 6 points. 8-2 lead at the end of the first. 15-6 at the half. Not much else you need to say here. Uh, Yale dominated that one and got the win there against uh, Connecticut foe. Quinnipiac, uh, their last non-conference game of the season, same with Brown as well. Uh, and that heads us into the last weekend of the college lacrosse season. Where got games here on uh, Friday, or actually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, I need to update the uh, Big Ten tournament uh scoreboard so we'll put that on the on the site tonight uh i gotta update that but uh otherwise everything you know com. hit on the 2022 division one men's schedule tab all up to date with the stream links and everything for uh this weekend outside the uh, big 10 tournament just need to add that on there um and you know got, got a good weekend ahead and uh we will be previewing that here tomorrow thursday night uh, we'll come on the podcast after the uh, Virginia. Actually, um, well, no. Uh, we'll come on the podcast uh, probably at halftime of that Virginia Lafayette game um, or sometime tomorrow afternoon. I'll just see time constraints wise what I'm able to do during the day. But we'll be on sometime tomorrow. Uh, so most of y'all be listening either Thursday or Friday to that one. All right, folks, that is it for today. As always, thank you all for tuning in. You can connect with us at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.